0: Hit the button do the button. Yeah, we can do the button now. Hold mm-hmm. on. Let me let me button up. Ooh. Test button. <laughs> can you hear that? Heard?
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. What's up? It's Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. Justin. Hey, guys. Oh, I, I thought I <laughs> thought G Unit was here. I like, thought 50 and Lloyd Banks and Tony Ayo and everybody were here, man. Put the swerve on you. Justin. All right, man. That's cool. That's all
2: right, man. That's my new thing now. Do you yeah, like it? <mumbles> we'll,
1: we'll leave Ja Rule alone today. Do you the like it? it? It's a Sunday afternoon swerve. Yeah, the Sunday afternoon swerve. That's what you guys are doing. Mm. Right off the bat, <laughs> gentlemen. Yes. What do what you guys drink? What is going on here? Well, as I mentioned, it's Sunday. It mm-hmm. is Sunday. Yeah, well, it's a little bit earlier in the day than we usually record. We We arranged this conversation with today's guest as per their schedule.
0: Right. So uh, so
1: would it be fair to say that we
0: scheduled this at brunch time? Sunday brunch yep. going uh, down.
2: Yeah. I second yep.
0: that. Yeah, so we're drinking... Um, drinking Miller high lifes the champagne of beer um,
1: with with a garnish with a, um, yeah with it well the, the twist is the is the interesting part to me That's yes. right. yeah
2: just uh, drink half of it and then pour that sweet delicious orange juice in the rest of it
1: start your day. Oh my god! A little it's delicious. This, this, little this brass is like monkey
2: this, 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 kind of adjacent thing. Yeah, this yeah. is like
1: this is like the old pocket knife that my dad uses as a screwdriver. Just like you know, how <laughs> yes, the, like a screwdriver <laughs> is vodka and orange juice. <laughs> yes, this is like that. This is like that type of screwdriver. This is mm-hmm.
2: like. Can you see it? Because I'm drinking in the sun right now. Look yeah. how it lights the room up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You look, I remember how you lit the room up when you took that first taste of it before. That was <laughs> that's right, yeah.
2: Threw up all over the microphone. Woo! That's all right, right it was kid. So good.
1: Uh, but listen, before that happened, before you drank this marvelous nectar of the gods uh, yeah. and spewed forth, yes. and vomited forth, shot the vomit forth, um, right, uh Justin, we're still in the weekend. Yeah, but I don't want to skip you over like we've been known to do in the past. How was your week? Well,
2: I. It's hard for me to remember before I started drinking. <laughs> but it's it's good. Listen, um, working on riffs. I can't say that enough. Good, the Glad riffs to hear are it. happening, Glad coming to hear out. It. Good, thank it's very God. nice. Thank God. Um, yeah, I feel you know, I feel back. Yeah, it's back. Uh, yeah. My back is my back kind of hurts though because of the whole thing.
1: Uh, but um, shoveling snow,
2: shoveling snow. Yeah, uh, it's melting now. I my I put uh some pit viper sunglasses. You know, again okay. on my okay. dog, okay. and now okay. my dog won't stop. Uh,
1: Telling me about Sangusukabat. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it goes Yeah, uh, It goes Sangusukabat. I I note you talk about the snow though. I, I noticed something. Okay. You have like uh, an industrial like job site cleanup push broom down there in the driveway.
2: Yeah, thank it's, you for noticing. It's
1: gotta be like what is that, seven or eight foot reach on that bad boy? Oh yeah,
2: man! I gotta listen. It's re- it's really nice to get on top of the lifted jeeps.
1: Yes, that's what I thought about off. clearing the snow off. I mean, yeah. the I, the bristles on bristling bristles. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that was a Herculean. Uh, uh, push Broom That I really I i would love I would love To to sweep up The old driveway With that one I love it
2: This God. is actually A wall broom uh, Version 2 The first one I uh, ran over
1: Accidentally Okay uh, A couple months ago T- Testing it Rest it in peace fa- It failed the test Rest in peace Yeah, yeah. Failed yeah. the test It's not my fault Alright well no. Tom I want to test you Right now Hopefully, hopefully you won't fail I want an honest Portrayal How was your week My week was good
0: Busy with work Still mm-hmm. uh, paying attention to my cryptos i am doing some research for roast mortem this week uh, my other show and um i was listening to music that was adjacent to it so i was doing research for a gentleman named ludwig ii of bavaria okay now he's responsible for some of the finest castles in germany all right this all checks out this all definitely sounds like your week yeah (laughs) so there i've been spending time in the castle uh, and, oh boy! And perhaps in the Venus Grotto.
1: Yeah, the castle on the cover of that Rotting Kingdom EP. I love it. Is the plural for Portcullis Portculli? That's a good question. I, I have no idea.
0: Thank you guys. Very, thank
1: you. Yes, yeah. tonight's guest <laughs> is in the states. We don't got to get into the, the fancy languages game. Tonight. Is your
0: weekend tonight's guest? How was your
1: weekend? Yeah, my <laughs> weekend is on. Yeah, well, actually, my weekend is today's guest because it's still the weekend. Hell yeah! Guys, these guys are What are these like little bootleg mimosas going on That's with the, right. ar- the orange juice and the Miller Lite mm-hmm. Sunday brunch over here. I've heard the ven- vernacular manmosa, but I don't endorse that. Oh, Man- i heard that mo- too. Manmosa is, sounds like you're trying to... Ju- like. I would just drink the mimosa. Like, why you gotta justify it's- it by putting yeah, ham hamfisting the, the masculine terminology in there. If we were if we were pitching ridge wallets maybe we'd call them that. Yeah. But we're not. All I right. I thought the the style
2: I groom my body is as a, a manmosa style. I thought there was
1: <laughs> I gave up grooming my body about a year ago and yeah, um it's cultivating a death metal image, uh, you know, that's what I've been trying to do. Fantastic. My my week uh, thus far, we we um, people might have seen. There's a little little cute little Instagram live video I did after birth was in the old uh, rock and roll gas station studio. set to them. Wow. So so uh, filling you know, it up. Mark Valentino, uh, free uh, recent guest of the program was there. Sam Sherrick, uh, um, older guest from back in the day. He Throwing was there. Kicks. Catching up with my with my boys there. Um, shout out to Eric running the running the little uh, control room there. Rock and roll gas station. They're doing it. I'm not going to reveal the mystery, but Afterbirth was there working. A lot lot going on with Afterbirth behind the scenes. I'm excited to work with those guys. Um, uh, Received some tapes. I'm going to go home because this is like an early Sunday. I'm going to spend my Sunday Mm -hmm. afternoon. I'm going to do another little IG Live video. Um, Sunshine Ward. uh, A label. They mainly sell tapes. I don't want to call them a tape label. They got some CDs available uh, from our, um, our neighbors over there, New Jersey. Um, I ordered a few tapes and a CD from them. They sent me extra stuff. It came uh, lickety split. I, I want to say that 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 uh, the CIA airdropped it with a drone or something. Mm-hmm. How quick it came! Yeah. So shout out to Sunshine Ward in New Jersey. Um, uh, we'll share that on the social media later, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna op- I'm gonna reopen the. Pa- it's not gonna. It's 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 gonna be a fake Hollywood opening because I already opened the package. I'm gonna be. I don't lie to the listeners, guys. Um, this is the truth. But listen, another label that'll send you a couple of tapes if you send them a couple of bucks or a couple of pounds if you're from the old United Kingdom there. We're going to get into it and clarify everything. Uh, Lifeless Chasm Records been putting out um, uh, beautiful cassette editions of Brutal Death Metal and Gore Grind albums. Full disclosure, Afterbirth has released uh, licensed cassettes via Lifeless Chasm. That's how I hooked up with them. But I was so taken aback. Justin, you're an artiste. Yes, I am. Uh, You're... (laughs) <laughs> you're you're our in-house design expert. These these guys really do it. It looks good.
2: A B- great job. Doing an yeah. absolute great job. Uh, very polished. Uh, very professional. Um, doing doing their part to to set the label. Uh, you know, uh, get their head above water a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, you. Yep. You know, re- respect. Well, Justin, before you marry them, why don't you get them on the phone? whole podcast this is big will here with my co-host Justin and Tom joined yep. today by our guest Cody Lubers of lifeless chasm records how you doing Cody
3: I'm doing good great to be here it's a good it's a good day thanks for having me guys
1: awesome yeah it is, we're having a good day over here in New York too it's finally not snowing for once this week <laughs> that's
3: true yeah man yeah same here it's that beautiful view of the snow melting and not wanting to go out in that either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Watch your step, man. It's a little slick out there. <laughs> you're you're in uh, Kansas City, if I got it right.
3: Yeah, I'm in the general Kansas City area. So you know, if, if there's shows coming to my area, it's, it's KC. But I'm I'm south of the city and in, in the suburbs a bit. So you know.
1: Okay. Well, I have a lot of questions about Lifeless Chasm. Uh, everybody kn- who knows the the podcast and me knows I want to talk tapes real bad. <laughs> but before we get into all that sort of stuff. Um, are, You know, as much as you want to divulge about your life, are you originally from that area?
3: Uh, I am from Kansas. I do still live on the Kansas side, pretty close to that Missouri border over here by Kansas City. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not from the KC area. I'm from further into the center of the very exciting Kansas state. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So, uh then what's a little bit about your experience getting into heavier music and the underground stuff um you know is is there a a local scene where you're from and where you were growing up are there shows are there record stores or you know is it mainly you on the internet finding out stuff what's what's it what's it all about when you're just getting into heavy music
3: yeah man it's uh for me it's definitely been all about the almighty internet uh being from uh, Hayes, Kansas is the town where I'm from, and if you've ever toured from Kansas City to Denver, Colorado, I guarantee you stopped in Hayes on I-70 to uh, take a piss and uh, get a drink and, and move on about your way. So, not much of a scene to talk about in Hayes, unless you're into, like, punk, but I'm not. <laughs> so, for me, it was always just being on the internet. I know you guys uh, reference the metalum a lot, and I, <laughs> I love that website. I've used it for you know 15 years now and yeah, yeah any of my involvement with metal music or in extremes has just been the enthusiastic uh sources all over the internet
0: dude it's a lifesaver that i have found more bands because of metalum than
1: any other resource and uh yeah once you exactly. know how to click
0: around it's a godsend
1: yeah, I mean, right. we, weekly uh, Metalum. We should have like a, like how NASCAR has like all the logos over the guys' jackets. I should have like a, <laughs> a Metalum and a Discogs logo on on my <laughs> dude. We need that <laughs> on, on my shirt or something. Yeah, um, but uh, so um, so then just just take me down like the brutal death metal and gore grind wormhole with you. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, do you start to notice the more commercial death metal bands or like like what is it that really draws you in? To the gross stuff,
3: <laughs> right? It's kind of the exact opposite in the, the very non-commercial aesthetic of of those certain genres um, that that definitely draws me in, and just the the total obnoxiousness of both of those genres and how they are very different. Sometimes you can blur the lines and have those cool projects in the middle that kind of sound a little slammy, but they have that that gore grind production with the pitch shifted vocals. And uh, all of the above, you know, I, I just love the, the obnoxiousness of it.
1: So, so here's a question about um, you growing up. I mean, if you don't want to share your exact age, uh, you know, I, I get it. But what I'm getting at really is, are cassettes uh, a, a viable form of music when you're growing up, or are you more of the younger generation where it was all file sharing by that time?
3: Um. So yeah, I'm 27, okay. and so about like, I would say like 2000. Five or two thousand six is probably where I was hitting my stride, uh, destroying my parents' computer with LimeWire yep. and uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> yep. But I was also buying CDs and stuff too, um, which nowadays, if anybody knows me, I don't really care about CDs at all. I'd rather have the the older, more retro stuff, so tapes and vinyl. Yeah. Well, now,
1: yeah, now you're preaching to the choir with that. That's where I'm at, and um, you know, that's. That's why you know, we've talked a little bit on the podcast from time to time about how cassettes uh, have uh, picked up a lot of traction, particularly in, in underground death metal uh, the last few years. Obviously, they've always been there, and it's like part of the history of the genre, the tape trading and all that sort of thing. But the last few years, it seems to have really come back hard, and Lifeless Chasm seems to be uh, uh, tapping into that a little bit. So tell me a little bit about... Um, I, I know, uh, I hope I get his name right. The guy, uh, Irwin uh, is it Mahielda? Uh,
3: that's probably better than how I would say it. I don't know ha, if I ha. ever actually had to say oh. it out loud, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's there.
1: Well, shout, shout to Irwin, And for the listeners, he's the, um, uh, the other half, I guess, if I got it right, of Lifeless Chasm. He's your, your, um, your business partner over there in the UK, right?
3: You bet. You bet. And we'll be talking about Irwin a lot today because he's, the man you know he's the one that brought this this concept to me this idea to even start a label so um yeah he is the he gets the name uh, the role of founder and then we're both co-owners and operators of this this operation that is is awesome the fact that i've never met the guy in real life but trust him with with everything you know we've been in constant contact for two years now the label's been going for over two years and it is just Been kind of this thing that I was like, yeah, why not? Why not try it? And now I'm like, man, this is—I would be kicking myself if I didn't get involved (laughs) with this when I when I did. Yeah. So so, well, tell us a little bit then
1: about how you come into a position uh, to 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 go in on this with with Irwin and be releasing cassette tapes of brutal death metal music. Uh, you know why. What background did you have, or inclination did you have, um, and 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 why did uh, uh, he approach you about it?
3: Yeah, so it definitely all began on the lovely Facebook website. Um, he he had a page called Extreme Metal at its finest, um, which was one of just a million resources that I was using to kind of scour and find just random. Fan camp links and different, you know, uh, relative artists to to maybe some names that I knew and stuff, and he had a a really steady stream going there, and it was a a Facebook page that was ran by a handful of different admins, but pretty much primarily Irwin was the the steady force, and then eventually me and him were communicating through that Facebook page, and he kind of figured out just how well our music tastes kind of aligned, and I ended up doing or becoming an admin to post on that site which for me was pretty cool because you know i was just a total music nerd studying up on all the different genres that i may not have dug deep enough into like back in high school for you know the most part and my resource then became a source where i'm like you know giving other people the, the resource and fan camp links and the new the new stuff and hidden gems and all those things so that was cool that facebook page is no longer very active because we pretty much um yeah he, he came up with the idea to start doing a cassette tape label and that he wanted uh me involved in it uh some background on Irwin is that he is living and working in the uk and london but he is a uh, he's from poland originally so his, uh, or, you know, his native tongue is Polish, English is his, his second language, so he was very much um, glad to have me on board to handle all the linguistics and grammar, all that fun stuff.
1: Okay, alright. That,
3: that, so, well. yeah, so as far as my role goes, um, yeah, Erwin Ir- handles a lot of the um, graphics and... You know our, our tapes are pressed in the UK so he handles the actual ordering of uh, the merchandise and whatnot but uh, me and him are all just 5050 on everything the input to the, the layouts the, who the, the bands we want to work with and how we want to go about things you know it's just a, a really cool collaboration.
1: Yeah and you say uh, he does a lot of the uh, uh, graphic design I guess because your your tapes do have a very striking appearance. I I t- I was telling I was I was likening it before when to telling somebody about it it's almost like you're buying an action figure or something you know
3: That's amazing. That's amazing to hear. He's going to love that because you know, he <laughs> I don't think he has any formal training in uh, graphic design or the Adobe suite and all that good stuff, but he is just a smart kid that will poke around and he'll learn from his mistakes and he'll just keep getting better and better at it and you know, in 2 years now and he is he's um also split off to have lifeless graphics as its own entity so he is open for commissions uh if you need a tape or vinyl layout he's actually been doing some some vinyl layouts and stuff or cds whatever you need um but yeah so that's where he's really carving his niche he he loves the the proportions of a little piece of physical audio you know that's (laughs) <laughs> There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. So I'm, I really appreciate hearing that you are a fan of how we're uh, laying things out.
1: A hundred percent, man. And, you know, people who follow me uh, on social media and on, on the podcast know I'm, I'm a big cassette tape and vinyl guy. And uh, I'm, I'm 38. So that was kind of like, you know, what was popular when I was a little kid. It's very nostalgic for me. So um, and I don't want to downplay anyone else's experiences because someone's born a little bit later than me and younger than me. You're a little bit younger than me. I want to get your perspective uh, coming into the because it's it's pretty much at this point it's almost like a niche uh, thing. It's a it's a you know as a format cassette tapes it's really popular but it's like it's almost like not practical in a way. What what's your take on cassette tapes?
3: Uh, my personal experience was because even when we started the label, I wasn't I wouldn't have considered myself a cassette tape collector, but I was you know open to the idea. I was I you know I had plenty of vinyl records and whatnot and that's where I was collecting. But when it comes to brutal death metal, not often that you see a brutal death metal album that makes it to a vinyl vinyl pressing because you've gotta, you know, order at least a hundred to two hundred vinyl. Yeah. And that's a challenge to to sell that many and, and just really fund that and justify it in that genre that was where we were noticing, you know, it's brutal death metal, everybody's got CDs. They got C D collections Uh, back to the wall yeah and that's great people love that and they're gonna stick with that forever but we just straight up personally needed a different a different avenue like erwin loves collecting cds i like collecting vinyl but there's always those those gaps where something little obscure little release that maybe couldn't quite get to either of those formats it might be perfect for tape and it's really just like a a real like just modest affordability to a cassette tape where you can get a deep, a very quality audio experience a cool um you know not just novelty physical piece to hold in your hands and set on your shelves and whatnot and and for me i it made me go out and and hunt down a cassette deck and now my uh record player speakers is all rigged up with a cassette deck as well so Yes, I can flip through to- tapes, I can flip through vinyl, you know, it's it's perfect, that's why I want to have, that kind of functionality in my house, you know,
1: so. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the same page 100%, man, I, I love, I just, uh, I've been bragging to everybody how I just renovated my little closet where I have shelving for cassette tapes now, I got all my cassette tapes laid out and everything, and I'll just pick one, I'll go on IG Live and talk about it, man, it's a lot, of, you know, it's my personal history there too, uh, and, and it's yeah. as a collector, you know, and... um. There's something, too, about like the music, you know, you specifically talk about Brutal Death Metal and putting that out on analog format. I've always said that there's something about low-end guttural vocals and the kind of low-churning guitar tone of, of, of most of the bands you're curating, really, that style that really, uh, uh, um, it just sits well and sounds really great on cassette tape, you
3: know? I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree that that's something that is going to serve it in just maybe a slightly different, you know, experience than what you would get if you're just going to plug into your laptop and go, you know, listen to it on YouTube or Bandcamp or whatever. But if you, yeah, if you got a tape of the same album, it could be a extremely, significantly more heavy experience.
1: I, I and, mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, just go, going back. I'm I'm on, I'm actually speaking of Metalum. I'm on Metalum right now, looking through the Lifeless Chasm uh, back catalog. Um, a lot of which people might have to go on Discogs for at this point. You you sell out a lot of your um, uh, limited releases, but but um uh, you know Defeated Sanity Prelude to the Tragedy um, or Psalms of the Moribund. Uh, you know, shout to Lilla Gruber. We had him on recently, or uh, Wormed uh i'm just picturing these albums: malignancy intrauterine cannibalism i mean there's something about the guttural vocals and those low-end guitars that i think uh, 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 i would even wager that a cassette might suit it better than vinyl you know it's just there's something about cassette where it all melts together and sounds really warm you know
3: yeah totally totally and those three that you mentioned were three of the you know biggest milestone uh, albums that we got a chance to, to press and i still can't believe that we got to press defeated sanity we got to press you know wormed and whatnot and i think everybody has been pretty satisfied with what we've put out for them speaking of the bands and the labels involved and yeah i i, I love those tapes and i do have the you know that same psalms of the bounds you know vinyl i have those both on vinyl and they both, you know, it just depends what kind of experience I'm going for, whether I reach <laughs> for that or reach for the tape. It does offer something different.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and full disclosure, um uh this isn't payola or anything crazy, but uh, Lifeless Chasm did put out the two afterbirth full length releases on cassette. Uh, um, and, and that's kind of that—that was kind of what sparked the connection here. Is I was—I was really taken aback by the art and design and what you guys did with the original artwork for the cassette tapes. Again, it's such handsome packaging. We're on the Lifeless Chasm website right now too, and it's just. Um it's all about presentation, it really is. It shows a lot of care and, and effort taken, not just into the Afterbirth albums, but into uh, all the stuff you guys do. And the reason I really want to bring up the Afterbirth, though, is because back in the day, I always relate my first experience of hearing Afterbirth was their original demo, when, when I obviously was, wasn't in the band yet. It was a dubbed tape that Adam made me of their demo. And there's just, again, that analog, that warm analog where the guttural vocals melt into the guitar and the drums just kind of pop through... Uh, really something to be said for it and with that being said I wanted to kind of um give a little bit of shine to some of your uh latest releases um and you can tell me if I pronounce this one right because I know the upcoming is uh the I'm gonna say um Kuv- kuvotus slash uh tunkio split tape
3: yeah yeah kuvotus and tunkio or tunkio I don't know they're both Finnish bands so ah <laughs> Pronunciation could be a little different, yeah. um, whether you're standing there or here, but but yeah, kuvotus means uh, nausea, I believe in in Finnish. Not sure about tunkiö, but yeah, that is the the new split that we just released um, or announced yesterday.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that and I took note of it, and I, I checked out those bands. Really, you know, we talk about that low end guitar and r- really cool gore grind um raw production. The guitar tone I thought was really cool too. Uh, no, I think I was listening to uh, Kuvotus at first, and it's billed as mm-hmm. it's built as mincing gore grind, right?
3: Yeah. What now we? Yeah, talk- those guys definitely they definitely take some inspiration from like you know a, a gothic leaves, or, or I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, and like haggis and stuff, but then they're also playing music that sounds kind of like I don't know mortician fluids kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, Again, stuff, the type of stuff I want to hear on cassette. Um, Also, uh, don't you have an upcoming release, uh, EpiCardiectomy? Let's see if I can say this. Grotesque Monument of Paraperverse Transfiction.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that was originally released by New Standard Elite Mm -hmm. at the end of 2019, I believe. And I've been wanting to press that tape for years. And I'm glad we're finally getting that that out, because that's some very very high quality gnarly slam yeah and i mean epi, people obviously you know
1: a lot of people i think would know epicardiectomy at this point they're they're fairly um uh infamous you know the, the music videos the grills you know and all that sort of thing uh, uh, uh
0: top <laughs> ectomy band
1: yeah top top <laughs> tier ectomy of, of the ectomy bands of the world they're top tier ectomy yeah definitely yeah that, i would agree uh, and um just the the third release I saw build on the recent announcement maybe this is a band I'm not as familiar with could you tell me a little bit more about the band uh esophagus and the, and, and I, I got it what is it, defeated by their uh, inferiority yeah that is uh, the
3: album title it was released by reality fade records uh, last year and that is a Chilean band okay um and I think they've I do have their Metallum up. They've been kind of, you know, bouncing around some demos and EPs for a while, but that was their first uh, full length that they put together. And it is just nothing but a a bludgeoning after a bludgeoning covered in Predator vocals, if you couldn't guess, by the (laughs) actual (laughs) Predator that's on the front cover. And it's a fun album. It's it's just... uh, a good time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing the artwork when it was first released, and I was like, wow, they, they're bold. They just put Predator on the cover, man. But it, <laughs> <laughs> it's sick, though, dude. And I, I thought what was really cool, too, is that it's, it's going to be, I guess, complemented in a way. You're going to have more of an alien-themed uh, album coming out, um, Xenomorphic Contamination from Italy, uh, colonized from space,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. That... Uh- That and the Extremely Rotten um, album that we just pressed, those were both like the two Alien-themed ones, which Xenomorphic, they're like straight up, obviously, from the Alien franchise. That's where they they get their, their stuff. But yeah, it was... It, I didn't even it didn't even dawn on me at first. It's like, man, we could have done an Alien versus Predator bundle, <laughs> but but now now it's just following that. So you know, there's still some of those xenomorphic tapes in our store, and we've got the Predator tapes up for pre-order now. But got some good aesthetics going on in in that store. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, the xenomorphic um, contamination. I did take a, take a few minutes and I listened to a few songs from that release. Man, I'm gonna go back and, and check and check out the whole album. It's really cool, man. I was uh, taken aback. It was uh, something I likened maybe more to like um, uh, vintage suffocation. Uh, you know, it, it really brutal death metal, but with a lot of personality and taste in the riffs and stuff. Great, great album. Uh, and And the idea that it's tied in with the aliens franchise, which I love it just make you know kind of sweetens the deal.
3: Yeah, totally. That's a really heavy album, really really a quality album that i' I've, I've gone back to. and that guy who um, is behind the album, he's also got a handful of other projects that are very much worth checking out. Um, and I guess we also did um, precognitive Holocaust annotations, full mouth of a, of a band name. But yeah, we did that tape. A- A year or so ago, and uh, you know, stayed in in contact with the gentleman, and he wanted us to do his other project, which we obliged.
1: Yeah, really cool artwork too, and um, uh, like I said, that that one in particular, uh, I I, you know really struck me. Really cool technical brutal death metal, Um, and it it didn't sound. uh, Maybe it's because it didn't sound uh, overly produced. It said the sound quality is great, but it doesn't have that sterile quality that some bands do suffer from sometimes. Uh, and it's like it's just a two-man project so I picture a very streamlined writing process between the two guys man really like quality death metal album that xenomorphic contamination I, I enjoyed it um, yeah
3: I'm really glad to hear you enjoyed it and
1: and and so that's I you know that's a couple of things I took note of that are coming out soon and upcoming or or re, or um new is there anything else you want to take the opportunity to plug that you guys are excited about uh, coming coming through
3: um We've got a handful of things that are kind of floating around and we have um, different different commitments and whatnot. I will say for the people that have been uh, concerned about this little aspect, you mentioned how the stuff like Worms and Defeated Sanity and stuff, those are long out of press and sold out. Um, we do have plans eventually. It's hard to really... Um, assume where that schedule opening is going to be but we do want to repress some of those some of those albums that people didn't get a chance to uh, hop on when you know maybe they weren't quite sold on starting their cassette collection yet but <laughs> a lot can happen in a year you know and yeah. so so yeah um without giving too much away i'd love to just let everyone know that if you miss something that was sold out we we do want to bring it back around if we can um in, in whatever method that might be but if if you're talking about wormed and defeated sanity they're they're probably going to be up front of the line uh when it comes to that
1: there's hope as they (laughs) as they should be yeah Yeah, as they should be and (laughs) um yeah i mean because me personally uh you know i I don't you know people can buy music wherever they want no i have friends that buy music on discogs and ebay all day and that's cool man i got nothing against it but I, i just like the idea of you know buying from labels and underground entities when i can and getting the you know the original or you know something like that, um, so that that's that's good to hear. Uh, and the uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was with um, Lifeless Chasm with the cassette tapes. Maybe if you could just give us uh, you know a little bit of behind the scene. I know you said Irwin uh, has the tapes pressed up in the UK. But we just wanted to get maybe as much as you could tell us behind the scenes of, like, like how is it difficult to get um, cassette tapes priced nowadays? Has the market really opened up in the last few years because of how popular they've become again? Um, you know, like, like, what is that like?
3: Yeah, yeah. So this is something that we do have to explain fairly regularly just because it's not often that you have a label that's dual-based and operated the way we operate it. It's typically just one guy with an apartment full of stuff, and he's sending it out as he can. But we, yeah, typically, once we've funded the, the pressing of the the albums, we, we get that taken care of up in the UK. And Irwin's going to, you know, pack up everything that's a U.S. order and all of that stock. And he ships that to me in bulk in a very efficient method that we've come across that literally gets from the UK to Kansas city in like three days, uh, even during the pandemic. So I was, I mean that for me, that's, that's just like a lot of, you know, weight off your shoulders there instead of ordering from like an overseas label and giving yourself how many weeks until you think it's going to show up or whatever. But, but yeah, then once I get that bulk shipment here in Kansas city, I divide everything up and, and ship out to North Americans to, uh, pre-order the, the tapes and whatnot um so uh and and also to you know if it's an american band that we press their tape i'm going to send them their stuff but i'm also going to you know send out the, the distro stuff and the trades and those kind of deals that we may have uh, engineered along the way um so when it comes to the the value of stuff i mean we we have our our prices adjusted you know our site was built in the uk so it's uh, what is it, British pounds uh currency of our site and that, that, that bothers people sometimes. They're like, wait, I thought you're in the US and like, you know, it, it all kind of equates to what the tape would be priced if it wasn't US dollars either way. So so yeah, um and shipping it, it may test your patient your patience just a little bit for us to get our, our shipment sent over, but then it's just a nice little domestic, you know, shipment for on for me instead of, you know, international mail. So, so
0: uh, I I got a
3: mouthful, but yeah.
0: No, I I gotta ask. Sure. I mean, um, you don't have to tell us this secret, but a three day delivery
1: from England to you, bulk. <laughs>
3: Is, do you yeah, know someone
1: I mean, with no a private time? jet? I'm picturing an ex-CIA mm-hmm. agent with, with like a little tiny plane or something.
2: What is your clearance level and how do you get that? <laughs> <out here?
1: laughs> you ever see? The, right? You ever see the beginning of of that Batman movie where Bane is up in the uh, with the CIA agents in the plane? All right, I'm sorry. Let's <laughs> go. Let's go. What, what, what's, <laughs> what, what's the deal?
3: <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, no, but I can tell you, it's not UPS. It's not FedEx. That's for sure. So you know, um, there you go. But, All right. Okay, I won't pry anymore. <laughs> like Probably IKEA. IKEA's got that
2: on. Their
1: own. Yeah, you got you got to buy a dresser, and the tapes <laughs> the tapes are inside the dresser from IKEA. All right, we we all right. So so uh, we won't pry anymore. Um, uh, we don't want other we don't want other labels to to latch onto that secret. But so basically, what you're what you're breaking down for us. Is that if people go onto lifelesschasm.com they want to order this tape, that tape, and the other tape? They're all priced in um, the British—it's uh, pounds, right? Uh, and yeah, um, really, uh, you, if you place your order on the website and you're in the United States, um, it, it will be—you uh, could you'll get it shipped domestically from Kansas City, not for, so so you know it, it's a little confusing to people, but in the end, you, you end up saving money because it's going to cost a lot more to get it shipped from England. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, and and vice versa. If you're in the United Kingdom, it ships from the United Kingdom. So in reality, it sounds a little mm-hmm. tricky, but you know, you guys have a one up on a lot of other labels. Whereas there's um, two regions of the world where people can buy it domestically without paying for that extra airfare.
3: Right. Yeah. I definitely consider that a good a good benefit. And yeah, Irwin handles all the European, Asian orders, um, and on to australia and whatever so but yeah uh,
0: so since your store is based entirely in pounds uh have you considered using purchases in cryptocurrencies
3: uh no i don't think we have but you know if i had to guess erwin has probably considered that that opportunity who knows he's always on the the next development
0: okay because <laughs> it is the future so you Put know up, <laughs> take a look see what happens had, okay.
2: Tom's got a lot of Bitcoin and he's he's itching to use it. He's itching to use it. No, I'm a, I'm 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 an apostle. <laughs> Tom,
1: I'm, Tom Tom re- <laughs> he,
2: crypto evangelist.
1: He really wants those defeated sanity represses when they come out, but he, all of his money is in Bitcoin right now, so he's it's a, it's an internal conflict. He's, <laughs> I,
0: I'll be paying Ethereum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, and it's funny too because looking back over some of the back catalog, it's a lot of um, a good old homegrown American brutality. Viral load, putrid piles, severed savior, um, mm. malignancy. You know, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. like we said, defeated sanity, wormed, epicardectomy. There's other places in the globe, but that brutal American kind of '90s death metal style seems to really dominate the um, uh, uh, the discography
3: over there, right? Um, Yeah, for the most part, I guess. Um, We have done a lot of work with New Standard Elite, which, you know, is a a U.S. label. Not all their bands are from the U.S., but that also um, contributed to some of that. Um, Yeah, we talk about that
1: that label quite a bit on the show from time. We got to get we got to get somebody from them on the the horn one day. When I I always yeah. that's like the best label name I've ever heard because it makes me feel like I'm buying really good tires for my car or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like new standard elite. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. So Make some nice seatbelts. Yeah, yeah. So so have you ever so now with cassette tapes? There's a lot of people out there. I I feel like it's fading because now people are just becoming more accepting. But there was a time where people were like you know, fuck cassette tapes, cassette tapes are for hipsters and all this sort of thing, and who buys cassette tapes anymore. You guys ever get any of that kind of backlash, anybody trolling you or anything like that?
3: Uh, certainly. Because <laughs> <laughs> as I mentioned, you know, you've got the Brutal Death community who's all about their CDs, and there's definitely been some some comments made about that, but oh, the CD just sweep those under the rug and keep going about our business.
0: <laughs> yeah Yeah. You know, you got to watch out what the brutal death metal community is saying about you. you know, that's the <laughs> right. internet truth.
3: Watch out. I can yeah. burn
2: CDs. I can't burn cassettes yet. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> I don't know how that I works. Have,
3: yeah, I've actively watched a handful of, of people within a, a relative circle of social media uh, slowly but surely develop their their collections into <laughs> older, more uh, cassette tape types commodities so it it's really just kind of takes time and depending on how the release is offered and whatnot it may be what it takes to push someone into the next the next phase of their collecting
1: yeah well don't go to lifeless chasm.com unless it's payday because
3: you guys got it,
1: it, looks, <laughs> it looks like it looks like the candy aisle up, up there um uh and and you know, on that note, then is there like maybe the opposite where somebody have you, have you ever encountered people bootlegging your stuff? Have there been like uh, you know infiltrators out there that tried to bootleg Lifeless Chasm merch? Uh,
3: no, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not that big yet. Come on, but <laughs> yeah, you, not, you, you, know, don't, like, you don't have to be big, Unmatched brutality
1: man. or whatever. Yeah, that was true. <laughs> I, I forget. There was some crazy website where somebody was bootlegging a Buckshot facelift shirt along with tons. I think it was one of those things where they just had tons of images up and you could like make to order whatever bootleg you wanted. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're, you're never too big to be bootlegged.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Who knows? I, I will say, you know, we haven't encountered that specifically, but we have seen some maybe similarities with how some certain other labels might portray their their releases or conduct their websites and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I,
1: uh, the other thing I was going to talk about with cassette tapes in particular, I did a little video a while back on our Facebook, and I was going to try to maybe recreate it again. But I had bought at a thrift store a copy of Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer, and I went to go play it one day, and the tape had popped. The the, the, the tape itself had come off of the one of the reels, so it would just spin indefinitely, you know what I mean, without playing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I you know I don't know if you're if, if uh, you're familiar with this, but you can ask most tapes you can unscrew, um with a with a little screwdriver like you'd use for your eyeglasses, and you mm-hmm. can, you can take the reel out and with a little bit of scotch tape you can fix a pop tape, you know. Um, uh, so I wanted to share that you know just with the listeners we're doing all this tape talk. I mean, is there anything else maybe that comes to your mind dealing with these cassette tapes all the time? Like like are there tricks to packaging them? uh is there something like you know like like packaging vinyl packaging cds packaging cassette tapes it's all got to be a little different man what what's your what's your ideas on yeah. that man have you discovered anything along the way with that
3: yeah um i do want to go back to what you mentioned about the tape uh, surgical repair there because i have not had to do that specifically myself but there was one time like probably the only one time that like a customer has told us that like oh i tried to play this and it popped and whatnot but my, my dude Erwin, he like walked him through every step of that process you just described and <laughs> literally repaired the dude's tape like through email um, wow. with instructions and, and yeah so, so yeah that, that'll happen every once in a while but it really hasn't ever happened to me so I, I hope that's rare and maybe something we're, we're a little s- stronger with as far as the tape production that is, is going on around the world today that's um, the thing with, with the tape though, it's, it's,
2: it's never over you know it's never over with right
3: exactly you got it's a, lot, never over. a lot left um, in the tank yeah. <laughs> oh, right. yeah and then yeah you mentioned packaging <laughs> their tapes if people you know and we we'll drop like three at once and then we'll have a big distro update and all this different stuff so I could be packing one tape I could be packing eight tapes and that definitely drastically changes how how it's packaged and i don't think anybody cares because a lot i mean for the most part everything gets there safe but when i'm packing stuff i do not care what the end result looks like you know i just want it to be secure and i one thing that we do i don't know if every label does
1: this we should clarify go on go on we should clarify what you mean
3: by that is you don't
1: care if it looks ugly as long (laughs) as the tapes are safe and secure that's right
3: yeah, you might get yeah, okay. you might get a mailer that's like a cube square that just looks like yeah, a little sketchy yeah. or something, but, but as but, long as it gets there, that's fine. But
1: those cassettes are going to look handsome when they come out the bubble wrap.
3: Exactly. <laughs> okay. And that's why I do singularly bubble wrap each tape uh for the most part. Unless it's like a big bulk order that's packed differently, whatever, but I don't know if every label does that. And I also, you know, work at a place that does like fulfillment for bigger bands and different like entities and whatnot. I'm pretty sure they don't do that either. You just kind of toss the tape in a bubble mailer and hope that it gets there all right. But I'm definitely going the slight extra mile for a little more bubble just to make sure we don't have to deal with those broken tape pictures because nobody likes to see that. You know, we want to see that beautiful gem that showed up in your mail and you're proud of. We don't want you to have this. This broken hinge piece of square plastic that, Uh, yeah, you got to find a replacement for now. I know it's not impossible to find a replacement shell or whatever, but still,
1: yeah, it's just it's it's annoying. But it's I mean, I wave the flag for cassette tapes all day on this show, but I will definitely admit that the plastic cassette tape shells. Are like the most fragile, impractical thing ever. Uh, you know, after after the CD jewel cases, those little those little cassette, you know, the little clear um, cassette jewel cases that swing on a hinge. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 for Because I'm a big clumsy man. <laughs> I have big clumsy hands. I sometimes I'm drinking while I'm listening to my tapes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's it's nothing t- worse than the the, the the little tab
2: hinge on the CD uh, jewel case, though. That thing just that's already off when you get. Oh, it Oh yeah! Of the time. Oh god!
1: Yeah, man! Yeah. That's
2: a little. More, but I yeah, I'd say make them all out of glass. That, <laughs> that way, you know.
1: <laughs> that way, if it breaks, it re, you, you really got to deal with. Yeah, it. Yeah, you got to
2: clean it up, and you're like, it's wow, meaning, I'm meaningful. Yeah. Not gonna break this again. You know, you might get cut.
1: Um, yeah. Yes. You might yeah, step yeah. on a piece of glass if you break this. So you. Gotta I'm be gonna really start careful.
2: looking into that. Who's gonna? Who's gonna blow me some glass cassette tape? Whoa, whoa! Well, well, this, this, this is
1: a family show, Justin. You heard me. <laughs> you know what I said. Uh all right, yeah. so, all right, so the shipping, the cassette tapes, um, uh, we talked about the quality of the cassette. We've, we've definitely uh, covered Will's cassette tape fetish, I think, enough uh, for the program. Now, you mentioned <laughs> you work at a fulfillment. Do you want to talk a little bit about scene merch, uh, maybe plug them a little bit and, and give a little insight into, like, um, does that give you a unique perspective on your work for Lifeless Chasm?
3: It definitely does. And I want to bring up the one scenario that happened this last month Uh, Or no, not this last month closer towards around Christmas time when we were shipping out the new batch of afterbirth tapes, right? Mm. So I'm shipping out all these afterbirth tapes and I have like the shipment in. I I took it to work to ship out to Cody your bandmate um, The big package and whatnot and it's just funny that it just so happened that at that very same day At where I work we do screen printing and all that good stuff that we were screen printing uh, band merch for the Helmet what? Uh, what? web store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're we're printing Helmet merch while I'm sending the the other band that the Helmet bassist is in sending those tapes out. So, yeah, it was really funny that that coincided. Um, oh, but, yeah, man. go buy some Helmet merch. <laughs> let, uh, let me
1: tell Dave that. Yes, the, for the listeners, Dave uh, Case is the bass player of both Afterbirth and Helmet, so that's amazing to me. That's great, man. That's funny. And that's, uh, yeah. it's S it's E E N scene merch, right?
3: Yes, like being seen. So, yeah, yeah it, it does take off of that, that the scene merch, like S C E N E, um, because my boss who started this, it was definitely to help out, uh, his, his friends in the scene of Kansas City music, um, you know, whatever hardcore and metal scenes that he was involved in. And, uh, I definitely welcome anybody that, that needs some merchandise printed to uh, to hit us up, find the website, com, and you will end up uh, getting an email cahoots with me, because that's okay. what I do, is serve the customers and help them get their orders through, um, but as a broader spectrum, we um, handle fulfillment for a lot of different bands, um, bands that are not interesting to any of the listeners on this show um <laughs> well oh, hold, on, as, like, hold, hold on hold indie on stuff and- <laughs> you never know you
1: never know you never know some some of our listeners have girlfriends and uh you know uh, older brothers that listen to emo and you never know
3: right yeah <laughs> we, we did the we did fulfillment for that new bright eyes album that came out last year so i don't know if anybody likes that but
1: <laughs> I, we but, but, no there's we might talk about that on a bonus episode but go on
3: uh-huh but right, yeah. Um, one of our biggest clients that people would know is Killswitch Engage. <laughs> wow,
1: okay, okay. So,
3: yeah, so it's funny, though, and I also printed uh, shirts a month or so ago for uh, Edenic Pass uh, at that same entity. So, you know, we could serve the, the whole spectrum, big, big, you know, companies or whatever to your mom and pop shops that just need a handful of shirts. Wow, but,
1: so shout to Edenic Past. Just quickly for the listeners, that's another release on Lifeless Chasm uh, that had Paulo Paguntalan, who comes up a lot on the show too, uh, a frequent guest and friend of the show. Dangerous and, Thing fame. Yeah, uh, also on Dangerous <laughs> yeah. Thing um, uh, with members of Kralis uh,
3: that Edenic Past. That was such such a cool release. I can't even get over it still, and I'm so glad that we got that opportunity. And further shout-outs to Paulo because a lot of his... Uh, Lifelong knowledge in uh, the P two records uh, mm-hmm. avenue has has come into play and uh, mm-hmm. been been utilized by Lackless Chasm. He's he's given us a lot of good tips and knowledge. So, yeah. as you know, he's he's a man.
2: Also, I think that's the third time we said Paulo's name on the show this month. So that means he's got to come back. Like oh, you yeah. say, you say his name three times. He appears on the show. It's like deal. it's like Candy Man.
1: but instead of like bar
2: three, let's go. That's right.
1: Yeah. Instead of Candy Man, it's White White Castle Man.
2: <laughs> 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 you, you say
1: White Castle Man in the mirror three times, and Polo shows up with a sack of ten, and he wants to talk death metal. Crave case. If, if only, man. If only that was the case, this year would have been so much more fun locked in the house.
2: Yeah, we're gonna, we we got to pick up a Crave case and get him over.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Put him in the Crave case. You yeah. got to gotta lure Paulo <laughs> in with a Crave case, and then he'll talk death metal for three hours with you. <laughs>
2: it's just steamed patties lining the LIE from Queen's. To
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, steamed patties from Long Island to Kansas City. Uh, that's, a,
2: that's, uh, that's a Yeah, that's my next record.
1: Now, speaking of Kansas... Am I bugging you? Maybe this is a little. This is a little off-topic here. It's not a brutal death metal band. The band Coalesce. I believe they were from Kansas, right? Get that wrong.
3: Uh, I mean I know. <laughs> they were more. They were more of a, more of
1: a not '90s like kind of hardcore band. Did a mm-hmm. little different thing, man. I just now. I just brought, talking about uh, um, uh, Kansas and uh, you know your, your job fulfilling for a lot of Kansas artists. Uh, off-topic, but. Um, when you talk about uh, Kansas artists, though, is there a brutal death metal or grindcore scene in Kansas? Are there bands that maybe you could plug right now?
3: Uh, there are. There's probably one whole handful of bands that I could plug. Um, there's, um, well, there's Otme. You know Otme, right? They're on Unique Leader with uh, with, with Afterbirth. Yes. A- ah. Yeah. H- TME, they're from Kansas City and they've been around a while. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're pretty well known, especially in like the one venue that hosts all those types of shows. They're they're popular, and then there's also one called uh, Torn the Fuck Apart. Yeah, They're okay. definitely brutal death metal. Yeah, I think they put out a record on Gorehouse Productions maybe a few years ago. I'm not sure, um, but they're they're brutal as well, and. There is a death metal band called Merasmus that I believe is putting out a new album that I saw on like Transcending Obscurity Records. Okay, I don't know where that label is located, and I was very surprised to see that kind of collaboration. But like, kudos to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not like super familiar with with everybody in these bands. Uh, Obviously, maybe that would have been different if this last year I'd been going to shows regularly, like. I've been, Yeah, but but yeah, um, there's there's one venue in KC that is pretty much the main stop for the extreme music shows, and that's the Riot Room, Uh, Will, I'm curious if you've ever played there. Uh,
1: You know, I am too, I'm actually Googling right now, because I believe (laughs) the only time I ever been to Kansas City was with Black Dahlia Murder, and the name Mm -hmm. of the venue escapes me at the moment, I'm looking it up right now, hold on one second.
2: Oh uh, yeah, it looks like you didn't play there. Well, yeah, no, so I, I got it. Before, I got it before you.
1: Oh, this guy, man. I actually, <laughs> it was in Lawrence, Kansas, at the Granada Theater. Oh, okay, for yep. sure. Yep, yep. But uh <laughs> good time there. I enjoyed myself. Uh, that's the only time I've, I've been to Kansas. I'm th- you know I've, I'm thankful. I've seen most of the continental United States by way of death metal. Uh, true story, man. So you know, shout out to Kansas. I met some great people out there. Um, and uh, and hopefully you will, too, if shows can take place again, man. It's crazy. Uh, so, yep. so, Cody, um, you know, I, I just wanted to plug the label, plug a lot of upcoming releases and talk about it a little bit, because um, obviously I'm excited about cassette tapes and death metal like I am every day. But in particular, you know, we talked about what you guys do from a design perspective, and there's only so much we can do to talk about it on the show. I really encourage the listeners to check out lifelesschasm.com. Um, and, and just uh, you know, look at the the kind of uh, eye candy that's going on there. And um, if there's uh, if there's not anything else that I forgot to bring up or that you want to talk about, I wanted to ask you if you could recommend one older and one newer album for us by any artist you like.
3: Okay. Okay. Um. Let's talk about. Let's talk about some Brutal Death Metal. Let's talk about Brutal Death Metal from the Ukraine, which for me is a handful of good bands that I really appreciate and that sometimes get forgotten about. But I do love Datura. Um, This album Standing Wave, or maybe it's an EP, I'm not sure. But shout out to Datura. They're they're awesome. Uh, Just kind of the random... Um, album that came to mind for me, but, but yeah, how you feel about those Ukrainian brutal death metal bands? Um Paulo
1: schooled us a little bit on that. A long time, well, the first time yeah, Paulo first was episode. on the show pre-Corona, he came down to the studio actually, and we, he did a whole section on uh, Ukrainian bands, Estonian bands, all that sort of thing. I'd have to go back off the, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, I can't think of any. I've been jamming recently, but you know we did have a period where we were like uh, really getting into that on the show.
3: Well, that's awesome, and that could be who knows maybe where I picked up some of those names. But there's three that come to mind in that scene, and it's Brador and Mental Demise, along yeah. with detura.
1: I feel like Mental Demise was the one that Paula was talking about a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, they I- had
3: a really good album, handful, I guess. But they used the drum machine. A little bit at the beginning it happens What are you gotta do <laughs>
1: not not everybody knows a sick drummer
0: but you everyone knows a superior
1: drummer uh, right, yeah. oh, oh okay oh <laughs> i know three of them yeah. yep <laughs> all right uh and um and what about an older release like a classic older album
3: oh that was my older album <laughs> okay, sorry my, my bad my bad <laughs> wow. uh, sorry
1: so what about something? Yeah, that one
3: came out in 2010. I don't know if that's old enough for you.
1: Uh, it might be old enough for some people. For me, that's like like them. You know, it's like yesterday. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I got bills from them. Yeah, I got bills from them. I haven't paid. <laughs> um, uh, so so all right. So then then let's flip it. What's a more recent release that you've been jamming a lot? Um, uh, maybe one that's not on Lifeless Chasm Records yet.
3: Yeah, good good delineation there because I could easily. Off for that, but that's lazy. Uh, have you guys talked about the Murder Man EP on this on this podcast yet? Murder Man EP, no, no. no. Murder Man
2: is a band so called Murder Man. have got
3: there's a band called Murder Man. They've got three songs out in this, and they put it out on tape. And it's a tape that I've had in constant rotation for the last three or four months whenever it came out. And you've got the drummer of Sulphur Cautry, um Lord Panacea, uh, Isaac. From Dayton, Ohio. i sure, you know, I know that name was mentioned on the Ping episode. He's, he's the, the Ping drummer yeah. in America. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And then you've also got another Cody who does the guitars. And Cody is also in Sanguish Sugarbog and Putrid Stew, which is his Gore Grind project.
0: Oh, uh, yes. Cody. Uh, Cody is the drummer, yeah. right? Of uh, Sanguish Sugarbog. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, he's the drummer, but he does the guitars yeah. and then. He does the guitars and Murder Man, and they both do some crazy pitch shifted vocals. Wow, yeah, uh, he's a but busy this dude. kind of goes back. Yeah, he is. He is, and he's got Fix My Face Studios uh, and Fix My Face Records, I guess. So he does he does mixing, mastering, putting out, you know, distro stuff. He does it all. So that uh, kudos to to another Cody doing it in the Midwest.
1: What a good! Name. I gotta look up that Murder Man EP. That sounds like quite a party.
2: you do and it
3: it kind of goes back to that that gray area i mentioned between like brutal death metal and gore grind of course it's Mm -hmm. got nothing but heavy low end uh guitar work crazy pitch shifted toilet vocals and then that really snappy pingy grind chord percussion uh in the back and it is it is just sick
1: hell yeah uh wow that's definitely a timely release we gotta check that out and um Okay, so, uh, Cody, uh, Lifeless Chasm Records, um, you know, I encouraged everybody to check it out. We talked about upcoming releases. Before we let you off the hook, uh, is there just any last thing you want to plug, any last messages for supporters of your label or listeners of our show?
3: Yeah, man, just keep supporting, keep listening, keep searching. (laughs) I am very grateful for everybody who's ever bought a tape from Lifeless Chasm because this just kind of rolled out one day and here we are two years later with like 35 tapes behind us and i'm just ever as as hungry as ever to just keep pressing more cool obscure shit that may not have been pressed otherwise um so thank you for anybody out there who shares that kind of enthusiasm for obscure merchandise
1: hell yeah well yeah uh hands up over here on that um uh so Cody uh thank you so much for your time Cody Lubers of Lifeless Chasm Records again people can go to lifelesschasm.com and check out all the tapes we've been talking about uh thanks a lot for your time brother Thank you Yeah man so so we'll uh and we'll cut it here and um uh we'll have, probably have the episode up in probably about 2 or 3 weeks um and I'll I'll shoot you a link when it's up dude Cool cool All right, that was our interview with Cody Lubers from Lifeless Chasm Records. Shout out to him. We appreciate his time giving us a little behind-the-scenes info on that label. Um, again, I'm just very excited, not just about the afterbirth stuff, all right? It's not just Big Will's plug hour over here, uh, but also upcoming releases that they got by EpiCardiectomy, Esophagus, that... Uh, Kuvotus uh tonkio split. That's That That actually, I'm really excited about that Kuvotis-Tonkio. I listened to a little bit of that. I actually just bought it while we were doing the interview. Oh. Nice. That, uh, Xenomorphic got that too. Fucking got the esophagus. Stepping all, right, stepping all over me, one-upping me on how excited I am. I'm more excited than you. <laughs> Buy two copies then. Yeah. Show it. Yeah. Well, look, bottom line is Lifeless Chasm Records' release is selling out literally as we speak. All right, mm-hmm. so you guys got to get on that, uh, buy them up before they sell. They always sell out quick. Those guys over there. You go to lifelesschasm.com, uh, and you can see uh, what we're talking about. It looks like the candy aisle up there. Um, so shout out to them. Now, um, uh, I don't want to necessarily go to the candy aisle, but Justin, you got something sweet?
2: Yeah, I have some sort of aisle. Come on, guys. Come on. That, was a, that
1: was that was a good that was a good segue. That's a great segue. <laughs> All
2: right, boys. This week. Um, oh, so. You know, I'm trying to uh, deliver myself onto uh, more of a brutal death metal type thing. Uh,
1: I'm you know. trying to deliver you into more of uh, a you know, we're working together on this. I <laughs> got you your back. Much. Yeah,
2: you know, uh, it's it's always a genre I've kind of uh, you know had a little uh, t- what do you want to say, a tug and pull, a little push and
1: give, sort of thing. Yeah,
2: those no, words, those are all these are all words. the old
1: quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. You know,
2: the old how are we doing? Maybe I'll see you later.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: I'm not going to answer your text for a little while, then I'll come back to you. Yeah. A little, yeah. little, the
1: old one-armed Sally. <laughs> I get right. it.
2: So, yeah. So, I'm, uh, I'm, short Stephen in, uh, this Beyond What the Eyes Can't See, uh, by Judeca. Ooh. Uh, Florida Band.
1: Imagine my surprise. I, I have, uh, a lot of, uh, nostalgic affection for this release. Go on, please, sir.
2: I would love to hear more about that. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, <laughs> with, with my limited vocabulary, uh, I, I re- was really impressed by this, um, uh, you know, what am I going to say? I love the suffocation vibes because I'm a mm. fucking, uh, a
0: long complete eye noob. Yeah. Long- yeah, cause,
2: yeah. cause I, cause I, you know, I like bacon, egg and cheeses. Um, big fan of the vocals the production, you know, as we all are uh, of everything that we listen to. And, um, this, the samples really got me, uh, like I, I, I'm, I dream about, uh, newer bands coming out with like, uh, using sound clips and and movie samples and whatever, you know, creating the atmosphere, uh, like this band has done, uh, today, um, completely, like, groovy, devastating piece of, piece of music over here, man, when they, the grooves got me, as well, um, shit, Will, Will, can you, uh, save this, save this segment, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what no. do you know about this from from your from your Listen, formative years? Beyond what the <laughs> eyes
1: can't see, you're doing just great over here. Uh, no, this is um, a beautiful release. Um, way back in the day, I actually had the Wild Rags uh, CD version. I'm pretty sure it got lost with a few other CDs uh, to a, a, another guy. I loaned them to another guy in high school, and, and he ended up moving, and I never got them back. That kind of sob story, uh, but. Back in the day, Adam, when I when I was first getting into death metal, Adam gave me a copy of the Judeca Horror of Horrors Split 7-Inch, mm. and that really got me into that stuff. Um, uh, admittedly, though, this Beyond What the Eyes uh, Can't See album album was a lot tighter and more brutal and sophisticated than that seven inch that I had, man. Yeah, it this, looks this,
2: like this is the only full length. That
1: they, yeah, that they have done, right? So, well, I I did briefly talk about their demo on our um, way back in the day when we first started the podcast. We had an episode about Will's tape collection, and I brought up their demo a little yeah. bit, which was way more slow and primitive than this. This, like you say, this almost has a suffocation vibe. Yeah. Um, this album. Uh, we were kind of we were cracking a couple of jokes about the uh, the cover artwork. It's um, a little bit dated. It definitely speaks to how old this release was, and that it was an independent cassette release when it mm. was first released. It's beautiful. It's, um, it's new next year as yeah. as the
2: trends go. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. So,
1: uh, well, you know, it's it's funny too because you look at it now, and it's almost like this style of homemade logo and homemade art is very similar to what you're seeing in a lot of newer, bigger, you know, bands that are blowing up in this caveman scene in mm. a way. So, it, and it does all come around, but. Uh, I would just say, don't let the artwork um uh, and the logo maybe dissuade some some of the younger or newer school fans from checking out this this really cool brutal technical death metal if yep. you're a fan of like Justin said, suffocation it really does have a vibe, maybe if you're into your malevolent creation, your monstrosity. Uh, just that kind of like caliber of classic 90s technical death metal. This is well worth uh, uh, peeping uh, for a few minutes. That Judeca uh, Behind, behind What the Eyes Can't See album. A real classic Florida death metal that is slept on. If you, yeah, if you want an example of classic Florida death metal that doesn't come up in conversation every day, this is it. That's exactly what I
2: was going to say. Ha ha! ha!
1: Alright. You guys like heavy metal? We don't talk heavy metal much. <laughs> Tom, could you put your guitar down? I can't <laughs> hear you. Well you'd be
0: surprised to hear that that's that's not me. Oh
1: it's that, oh. not me playing. Oh I'm sorry. That's that's beyond what the eyes can see right there.
0: Yes, this is um okay, so just gotta paint a picture. I said at the beginning of the episode why I was listening to this. Castle music. Oh, the Bavarian castle it. building yes. fella. Yeah. Ludwig Number two, Bavaria. Shout out to him. Um, beautiful castles. You want castle crawling music, mm. dwelling music? Mm. You go to Brockus Helm. Okay. Now Brockus Helm is a band from San Francisco that started in 1982. Okay, oh, I, I started
1: life in 1982.
0: Well, coincidentally enough, did you start playing bass like this guy the same
1: year? I have yet to start playing bass. I'm waiting. That's the correct waiting answer. Waiting for the right era of my life to start playing bass like this guy. I don't think I could hack it yet. No, that's that's the correct answer. Maybe so. when they invent those, uh, you know, cyborg hands, I could just program it. We'll
0: use some um, JavaScript to make them hands do sick shit. So either way, we got their 2004 release, "Defender of the Crown." Now I must say that um, I am not familiar with the rest of their catalog. I came across this uh, either on YouTube or Reddit or one of these uh, many internet waste bins where you can find gold. This is a lot to take in, dude. I don't blame you. Yeah, this is where I stopped, just listening to this album over and over again. It goes between the fantasy castle world and also just, like, drinking and driving. Like, they really pulled out <laughs> <laughs> the lifestyle shit. No joke, oh, there's a song man. called Drinking and Driving. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it brought some tears to my eyes. Uh, while researching castles. I love the guitar playing. I love the raw nature of this. I mean, think of it like this. This band's been around for forever. Um, 82 being pretty early for the heavy metal game.
1: This Um, is pretty fucking heavy for 19. I I don't know if Iron Maiden was, uh, you know... This metal in eighty yeah, two. No, is, yeah, this, right? is this
0: released from eighty two? So this this is their two thousand four. But what I like about this so much is that they seem to have not, not. Oh wait, so this album is from
1: two thousand four. This two thousand four. Oh, I don't they, think Iron okay, Maiden okay, was that, this heavy in two thousand four. No, yeah, no, yeah, two
0: thousand four. Well, 2006 yeah, when they did right. Dance of Death. That's like they were they were sounding like a pretty pop
1: band. Iron Maiden was. Very much this metal between '82 and 2004, yes. But, yes. But, but those are two weird eras for Maiden. Okay, let's let's take Maiden out of the conversation. Take it. Forget yeah. I brought up Maiden. Okay. Forget it. I
0: wasn't looking to compare the two anyway. This band Neither was I. Shit. We're
1: gonna edit this out. Airhorn right now. Airhorn. Yeah. Edit that all so, out.
0: Go ahead. I got got to shout out this band. Um, uh, Amazing album. It's it's fun. It's epic. It goes between like classical style songwriting, which you hear in the very first song, Call of the Banshee. And then as it goes on, it gets a little more rock and roll, kind of
1: fun, and then dips you into serious modes when, when you least expect it. Well, I thought they wrote a song about drinking and driving in 82. The fact that they did it in 2004.
3: <laughs> well, I to be fair, it. there
0: I was mean, a long time between releases, it. so they may have written that in the 90s. Right.
1: And- yeah, I'm just saying culturally, <laughs> 82, you could probably get away with that a little bit more. In 2004, <laughs> I, I almost like it more. It's almost, <laughs> it's more ignorant. It's Does this uh, lead bass
2: carry on throughout the record too?
0: Uh, the guy's name is Jim Schumacher, who plays bass. Okay. Um, uh, Jim. Yeah, fucking Jim. Um, base. this isn't a bad thing, but uh, <laughs> simply as an observation, he seems like a Les Claypool clone. When you look at pictures of him, he's okay. got the small sunglasses, which I'm a huge fan of, a yeah. uh, handlebar mustache, and some kind of captain's hat. Well, like how you,
1: maybe Les Claypool's a clone of him. That's how you want it, uh, to do a point. Is what that's what you want the Billy
2: Sheehan to do, and he just did it
1: better.
0: Mm-hmm. So this guy's just bopping around, um, writing some awesome tunes uh so shout out to Brockus helm great band all, oh, give cool. me all
2: kidding aside this mm-hmm. is really cool stuff it's like uh the vocals are pretty fun too it's like if peter Steele tried to like huh. sing his style but like you know doing slayer songs like you know pretty fast
0: yeah right <laughs> that, that power metal but like baritone yes.
1: Okay, guys, smoke them if you got them. Mm-hmm. Fucking peace sign if you can't be hits behind but Your eyes can see, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Big Will, I just, just figured I'd groove to the- No, okay. I didn't bring in anything really brutal and technical. I'm talking about Bill Fisher from Nottingham over there in the big old United Kingdom. Uh, Bill Fisher, a member of uh, Church of the Cosmic Skull, a group I'm admittedly not familiar with. I kind of happened upon Bill Fisher's solo album that he put out last year, Mass Hypnosis and the Dark Triad. Uh, I stumbled upon this on Bandcamp, where you can find it. You can also go to BillFisher.net where you can get more information, buy the physical copy, see what he's all about. Um, Really interesting, kind of psychedelic, hard rock. I got vibes of uh corrosion of conformities more southern rock influenced eras um uh even your more classic led zeppelin and black sabbath uh vibes this is this is just really good psychedelic hard rock and i feel like it takes some more technical turns but it kind of it folds the technicality into the groove uh you know what i mean this it's it's a really interesting release it's and it's it's got a lot of that psychedelic magic of your your old uh, uh, analog um, you know black like I said Black Sabbath and Led Zepp and the 70s rock thing uh, and a, a lot of your really cool southern rock influences um, again I'm really reminded of, of corrosion of conformity uh, the way he takes certain guitar tones and techniques and and uh, uh, modernizes them with, with with the you know with the influence of maybe more more metal, um uh songwriting ideas and conceptual ideas this is just all around a beautiful standalone album it's uh i don't want to get too tripped up on words trying to describe it i just want people to check it out if that sounds like it could be your type of thing man because this guy he's really got um just a streamlined vision of what he wants to do knows how to do it knows all the tricks and techniques to get it done this is a, a beautiful album of rock and roll uh dynamic technical and um, very organic and inspired sounding bill Fisher mass hypnosis and the dark triad you can get it on bandcamp like I did or just go to billfisher.net
2: I am so okay right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah man this is a this is just a great vibe this is a good rock uh psychedelic rock album with some some metal uh, elements, I think you could maybe say, but it's, it's laid back. Yeah, it's back. got that like
0: sludge, mm-hmm. like, go take a nap in the desert while you're yeah. listening to this. Yeah,
1: yeah it's like, like Doom, Sludge, Desert Rock. Fans
0: could very, probably find a, a lot of... Uh, very early Queen to the Stone Age, Caius kind of stuff. Yes.
2: It's, yeah. a, it's like if that yes. part uh, I like of Mastodon just kept going.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the best way uh, I can to describe it out. is it, vocally really nice. The album looks the album sounds exactly like the cover looks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Just take one look and you've pretty much heard some of the album. Yeah.
1: yeah. Are there chimes? The, are there not chimes? <laughs> are the chimes only in your mind? all right Bill Fisher getting a little psychedelic there I mean open your minds open your this guy's not third eye he's on the fourth eye look at the album cover all right oh, wow yeah, yeah he, no it's it's I can't take my eyes away from his four eyes yeah he can't take his four eyes away from you that's that's what's really going on he's mass hypnotizing everybody uh but yeah shout out to Bill all right uh, we see you over there, and all of our listeners in the in the uh, uh, UK, check out Bill Fisher, uh, BillFisher.net. Check out all of our recommendations today, uh, but do not drink and drive. It's just a song. Keep it yeah. on wax. It's, yeah. it's fictional.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like the American dream. Whoa,
1: yes. whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Uh, my American dream is to talk about death metal, um, and I get to live it every day, so you're wrong. Now, uh, but if you have crazy controversial hot takes like that you want to call us up you want to get it big will i don't like you big will i don't like frogs i don't like the way frogs sound what they sing over death metal whatever bitch you got this week you call up the phone number and you leave it because we got the vent line now tom what's that number six three one eight three seven three two seven four yeah you want to you want to raise a pint recommend an album and say nice things to us I guess we could do that too. Yeah, you won't. But we really want you to vent. We want you to. Maybe there's a band you don't like, and you don't like their whole shtick, and you want to complain. I don't. I'm not going to do it on the podcast. I got to be diplomatic. I I don't. <laughs> I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But you can call up the number, leave a voicemail, and we'll play it. Pro- probably you, you might go a little too nuts. I don't know who you are out there, but yeah, call up. The, what's the number again, Tom? Six three one eight three seven. Three two seven four. Thank you. I can't read. Tom has to do that for me. Um, but but yeah. So so there's that. Uh, you go to heavyholepodcast if you want all this all the links. Uh, check us out on Patreon. Boom. Bonus episodes uh, coming what? through
2: YouTube, huh?
1: Yeah, we we let you know who the uh, uh, the guest is going to be every once in a while, yeah. and, and we'll, you can leave your own question, and we'll shout you out on the episode. Our huh.
2: Patreon
0: is fucking, uh, as the kids say, lit at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we just put up an episode where we read an article together. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I I, I struggle with reading. We laugh at <clears throat> bad articles. This mm-hmm. is the stuff you want. I'm an okay listener. I, I struggle with listening. Well, that <laughs> article particularly, shout out
1: to Kerrang!, our future source of many hours of entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Shout no, <laughs> sh- yeah, out to all the established uh, metal journalists out there. <laughs> We're coming for you. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, you, I, I would love to give a couple of tips to the established, esteemed professional metal journalists of the year. MySpace, mes- uh, Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger. You, you just message a death metal artist, and they'll give you an interview, and you don't have to cover memes <clears> anymore. <throat> you can have dignity in your life. Okay. Have
2: you ever heard of Slayer?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know about them, but listen. Um. Uh. uh, uh, oh, uh <laughs> heavy old podcast. Heavy old podcast. <laughs> I got you. I got Justin Good with that one. Heavy old podcast. Um. You started speaking my language for, for a second. <laughs> heavy old podcast records. Uh. Bandcamp. Heavy old podcast records. We we put out um. Uh, dangerous thing. Wow.
2: Mm. Try and find the band camp. You won't. Talk you about You won't it. do it. Talk about it. Dangerous Talk- Thing. Uh, really fun uh, project. Myself and Tom and uh, Paulo Paguntalan of uh, Heavy Holt Podcast fame. Uh, also, the many uh, uh, adventures of Paulo. Um, <laughs> Dangerous Thing. I wrote the riffs. Uh, they're very good riffs. Um, and Tom uh, also wrote the riffs. So they're fun. Yeah. Uh, you check out Dangerous Thing. Buy uh, a tape. Time. Buy a yeah. tape. Uh, Dangerous Thing. Uh, Buy a coffin.
1: Yeah, keep keep looking up on the band camp. Every once in a while, a special tape goes up with a homemade box coffin. That's, yeah. that's
2: true. That's I'm, very I'm, true. Yeah, All I can I'm, do I'm is, not making is keep it up. saying Danger, Dangerous Thing. Dangerous Thing. Dangerous
1: Thing.
2: We got bandanas uh, for sale and the merch, uh, the merch mm. guy. Uh, oh. Dangerous
1: Thing. Ooh, okay. And, Cover uh, your face. Cover your face. Uh, is that promo code still up from last week? Fake Joke Bands? No, that promo code never went up, but it's going to go up. Now. It's, it's up, up now. now. It's up now. It's right. It it's is up now. Yes, it's up. Okay, okay, okay. Fake Joke Bands, oh, seven percent off your little order there. That's you right. Wanna, Let me make what do you up. want? A patch? What do you want? A shirt? Look it up. Mm. Mm. All right. So, heavyholepodcast.com for all that. You can get in touch with all the social medias. You can leave us a bitchy venti voicemail. Uh, look up dangerous thing. We got more projects from the heavy hole team and friends coming at you. Yeah, in like the future. dangerous thing too. No, no, no! I got one too <laughs> It's not always about you, Justin uh, So, um, and big shout again to Cody Lubers, Tonight's guest, we talked to him about Lifeless Chasm Records uh, Check out upcoming releases on Lifeless Chasm Records Cassette editions of albums By Xenomorphic Contamination Esophagus, Epicardiectomy And many more um, And uh, What else? Anything else, guys? Okay, mm-hmm. and if there's nothing else, guys, uh, I guess you can keep drinking the uh, Orange Juice Miller High Life Bootleg Mimosas. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's after one. Okay. Oh, this, nice. this part is so good.